Hello, and welcome back to... Fuck! Okay, yeah, and, you're right. Uh, this is our guest, Sean William Scott, on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we uh, discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And Stifler is here. <laughs> I don't have any other stiffer lines prepared. Ah, well, <laughs> don't worry, because we uh we don't have stiffler, but who we do have is um not just any Neil. We have the definitive final Neil of Metal Slugcast fame. How are you doing, Neil? All right, doing okay. I thought of a few more stiffler lines. They were all full of homophobic slurs. Well, we so can't use those. I opted out. Unfortunately, that's yeah. a very important part of Stiffler's whole deal. Which oh, we'll get into because um, if anybody doesn't know who Stifler is, unfortunately for you guys and for us, we're talking about American Reunion today, which is chronologically the fourth American Pie movie. Um, but in terms of release, I think it's like the fifth or the sixth or something. <laughs> they, I don't know. There's too many. No, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's in the series. It's the eighth. I think all of the other, all of the uh, presents movies came out. That's and that's, then they were like, "That's Whoops. terrible." Yeah. Not only yeah. is um. Not only is Neil here, uh, expert on Metal Slug, famed member of the Mortal <laughs> Podcast Discord. Right, don't and don't plug the other podcast. They they know. They I didn't <laughs> plug the podcast. I plugged the Discord. Okay. All they right. they well, know yeah, who they right. are and um hey guys hey guys and uh he's also hey guys. <laughs> thanks liam he's uh i feel like i'm on i'm a guest now no i mean <laughs> i feel like i'm the guest because we have two of the foremost american pie scholars with us um it's true there's a lot going on in this episode yeah we all, we're all men of many hats before i get into that i do want to give a quick rundown of the creative team behind this movie because i'm gonna forget otherwise and honestly who even cares so, uh, American Reunion came out in 2012. It's directed by John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg, who also directed and wrote some Harold and Kumar movies, uh, Blockers, and also Cobra Kai, which is a, a fun mix. They also wrote this movie. And uh, Liam, before we, uh, before we started, I said I had some reveals to make in, in a chat that we had going. And it's, yeah, you did say that. Yeah. It's similar to something I did last week, which is um, I found out some wild stuff about the creative team behind this movie. Uh, and I just want to single out for you both um, some of the other movies these people have worked on. For example, um, I recognize the name Jeff Betancourt, who edited the movie. And I was like, huh, where do I know that guy from? So uh, he oh, edited... He's my cousin. He, <laughs> he edited The Grudge. And I'm like, okay, sure. And when a stranger calls, the old one or the new one, two thousand four. Appropriate because this is kind of okay. a horror movie. And Liam, <laughs> he edited Black Christmas yeah. twenty nineteen. Oh man! Yeah. Okay. And so then we got cinematography by Darren Okada, who did Mean Girls, Doctor Doolittle, two. Well, and well, related to what we were discussing we'll just day. before the podcast. Halloween H2O slash Halloween H20, depending on who you ask, 20 years later. Hmm. And not to be That's outdone. Nice. Liam, you may not be familiar. That's a good Halloween movie. But Liam's extremely <laughs> familiar. 
and uh, we've had some heated debates in uh in our house on how you say the name of that movie <laughs> because some people think it's H20 and those people are wrong and then those people I mean, are wrong you say that like it's more, more than one person it's just one person everybody <laughs> it's a one very and, and that person. one is not me that, that one we, is not me can we talk about H2O instead that's a better movie than I this mean, one unfortunately that's just not how the cards fell but before we do get into um, right. having a little bit of American Pinea uh, the, mus- the music is by the guy who did the music for Superbad his name is Lyle Workman and he also did the music for Knocked Up and like get him to the Greek and like Judd Apatow shit um, huh. the movie stars a whole bunch of people I'm just going to list a bunch of those names now. We can kind of get that out of the way. Jason Biggs, Allison Hannigan, Chris Klein, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Sean William Scott, Tara Reid, Mina Suvari, Eddie K. Thomas, John Cho, notably as MILF guy number two is his credit, which is just good, good, good filmmaking. Jennifer Coolidge, who you may remember from Legally Blonde 2. Um... Eugene Levy, and then a bunch of people with smaller roles like Natasha Leone and Dania Ramirez and a bunch of other people whose names I'm not going to say, but we know you're here and we're sorry. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'm doing a bit of a disservice to Neil, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you up as our foremost, arguably, American Pie expert. And I was wondering oh, if you could sort of give a sense of why the fuck you decided recently to watch every single American Pie movie. Oh, recently. yeah. Yes. We, like in the past, what, month or two months? Month I was, or two. Two months. Yeah, it was like two months ago. I'm going to say it was two months ago to just put more distance between. Um, <laughs> I watched all eight of the American Pie movies and I paid for every single one of them. Oh, really? Um, Aren't some of them on Amazon Prime? None of them were at the time. They're on H1, 2, and 3 are on HBO, but I didn't have that at the time. So I had to to rent them all. I rented them all from Amazon. Maybe up in Canada, you have better content up there. Yeah. But here in the States, I had to pay because, you know, capitalism. Um, You had to pay American dollars, which are worth more. God, what a tragedy. Yeah, I I probably paid. Yeah, I had to pay. You paid 800 Canadian dollars to watch these movies. Eight movies at four bucks a pop is what I paid because I had to watch much. them in HD. That's too much. You paid like nearly forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, I did, didn't I? Do you feel like a man who paid nearly forty dollars to watch all the American Pie movies, like as an adult? I do now. Now that we're really bringing it to the forefront, I'm having a hold on. I'm having a little bit of a crisis here. <laughs> hold on, I just need to mute my no. mic and cry briefly. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'm back. So what? Yeah, I don't know. What what the fuck? Why? What were your big? What were you hoping to gain from that? And what did you gain from that? I, I had a okay. So pr- previous, like prior to that, I watched. Speaking of, I watched all three Harold and Kumar movies, and I don't remember what sparked that in me. But it, I just like sat down and watched all. I hadn't seen any of them like since the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie came out, uh, and I called that Harold and Kumarnia. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, then I was like, ah, I'm kind of in the mood. I think I had like checked out, like just feeling nostalgic. Who knows? Just, you know, the world's more on fire now, but it was still on fire back then. So maybe I was just looking for a little bit of comfort. And I had gone back and revisited like a good, like 
late nineties teen movie. I watched can't hardly wait, which is a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like, ah, I could use, I could sit in this space a little longer. So I decided to watch all of the American Pie movies because I had fond memories. It's that been years. Feels... I had fond memories of like the first couple, and I think I had seen the third one once. That, and that feels like I had such never a seen... big jump for you to make going from, boy, I fondly remember Can't Hardly Wait, time to watch eight movies. Oh, well, okay. So, all right. We'll back it up a little. Okay. <laughs> so when the first American Pie movie came out, I was like, 13 14 i'm older than you guys are yeah and that was like a that was like in the middle of like the carly wait she's all that this sort of like teen movie revival and then this one came out that was you know supposed to be it was rated r which is a big deal when you're young and there's nudity in it and you're curious and you know so i just it got it got lumped into that section of movies like that group of movies from that specific time in life and i was just like yeah you know if i'm revisiting things maybe i'll go revisit those and i'll check out the other two like theatrical sequels that i wasn't really familiar with and then i like had this flash in my mind that reminded me that they had done these direct dvd movies under the american pie banner sort of like a extended universe <laughs> marvel um, studios and i never watched dues. And I hadn't really seen any of those. Like, I had maybe seen one or two before, but, like, blocked them out <laughs> because they're really bad. So, I, yeah, I mean, I had this memory. Okay, so I had this memory of being at a Blockbuster video on, like, a Friday or a Saturday night looking for stuff to rent. And I remember seeing this couple, this other, like, I was probably in my early 20s. And there's this other couple around the same age browsing the shelves and the girl for lack of a better word she was like dressed up to go out right makeup hair like nice clothes like looked really pretty like ready for date night and her boyfriend was wearing flip-flops and cargo shorts and his shirt definitely had like a sailfish on the back (laughs) and he had a baseball cap on like i'm describing a type and this is a Florida type. Yeah. For sure. I'm sure they exist in other places. And uh, they're browsing movies, and like, dude goes like straight to the new release shelf, and he's picking up one of these American Pie Presents movies to rent for date night. <laughs> oh, no. And I just had, and I just like, I know what, like, I, I haven't seen this, but I know what it is. I had to figure out what that guy was all about. <laughs> I had to know what he was thinking <laughs> you had to get into his psyche it, i had to try because it was just do you feel like you succeeded no <laughs> <laughs> do you I, I still i can't empathize i cannot like i don't i just i don't know more questions than answers that was the motivation that was the motive yeah that was the motivation for like well if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do the whole thing right i'm gonna dive into this i'm gonna because you know just got to get a complete picture of the entire American Pineverse. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it drove me crazy. I spent three days. I watched eight movies. I watched, no, that can't be right. Four days. It was four days. I watched eight movies. I watched one and two the first day, American Wedding and American Reunion the second day. So I knocked out what I like to call the core four right up front. <laughs> yeah. 
And then it was time for the direct-to-DVD, you know, spinoffs or whatever. And I watched the first one, which was American Pie Presents Bandcamp. And it was so bad, I had to take the night off. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to get the show. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to, I just, I don't know what I did after that. I watched Blade 2 or something, probably. So, Some other folk is always then, trying to ice skate uphill. And that's yeah. what you were doing with the American Pie movies. Exactly. <laughs> but that meant that the next day I had to watch three movies. So I watched. Had to, everybody. Uh, Note that he said had to. Yeah, I had to. So I knocked out, what was it? Naked Mile, Beta House, and The Book of Love. Just one, two, three. And. Um, cried myself to sleep <laughs> and never recovered. It took me a while. The Discord heard about this. Yeah, this was um a landmark achievement, I think. But that nobody cost, asked me to do. No, that we actively wondered why you were doing. Well, that and makes now we, now all we of know. us. Now we have a little bit more insight. And in the search for insight, I want to ask. Uh, so, Liam, why the fuck did you do that? Because you guys are peas in a pod in this situation. Well, that's the thing, dude. (laughs) Neil, I thought you and I were going to be peas in a pod here, but your story is actually quite a bit different than mine. So mine is that uh, by the time I was the age you were when American Pie first came out, by the time I was 13, 14, maybe even a bit younger, American Pie was out and all these other sequels were out except for American Reunion. And uh, so when I saw the first American Pie... I thought it was wicked. I knew it was a teen classic. I liked mm-hmm. those characters enough that I watched two and three, and that was wicked. And then uh, just all it took was like a weekend at my friends, a couple sleepovers, and we we watched all of them because we were stoked on it. Like it wasn't it wasn't a meme at that point, and it wasn't uh, we weren't trying to be like ironic or put ourselves through anything. It was just genuinely we wanted to see all these movies. It was it was the time that we were like we probably would have been about. We weren't trying 12 to years put old. ourselves through anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Like this was. I did a blast with that. Jesus. I, I distinctly, I distinctly remember uh, that Book of Love, which came out in December of 2009, was the newest released movie. So that had just come out, and so we were like, "Hell yeah! If we're gonna get to that one, we're gonna watch all these others, and then watch the new American Pie." So I spent a weekend at my friends. We probably watched them in about three days as well. Uh, we streamed them all illegally because, like, back in 2009, that was still a possibility. And so we didn't pay for any of them. So maybe that's somewhere where your uh, disease wrong, comes from. Now you're just trying to make me feel bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, dude, we watched them all. This was the time that, like, we were into Euro Trip and Zack and Miri make a porno and the Harold and Kumar movies. Like, I'm just like a, I'm a 12 year old, 13 year old kid and like sex comedies are cool. And mm-hmm. so I, I watched every single one of them. And like, I remember having probably a decent time. It's just, uh, I've, I've certainly never gone back to them. Whereas I have gone back to the original American pie movies. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be able to go hard for them. Like I do with Halloween or resurrection and say that even from an adult lens, these movies kick ass, but I know that for like a 13 th- year old dude, they, they did, they did uh, give us a few laughs and there's some stuff that sticks into my head pretty heavily. Like 
I think the Book of Love opens with the kid from the Little Rascals fucking yes. peanut butter sandwich. It's super Bug hole. Yeah, super weird. And yeah, they, really, uh, they really got back to their roots with that one where they had a guy <laughs> fucking a piece of food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do remember being kind of bummed out that they had like the stifflers in the movie but it was so clearly people trying to do an impression of stiffler that that didn't that didn't fool me even when i was a kid but like eugene levy is in all of them and if there's anything i was reminded of from watching american reunion it's that eugene levy is super funny and so it's cool that he's in every single one of them um there's a a big just on him real quick there's a big difference i noticed last night in his performance and American reunion versus like his performance uh, in those movies. Like he definitely tried in the, in American reunion. He didn't try in the presents movies at all. He was there for the paycheck. American Pie presents totally a fair. paycheck to Eugene Levy, the movie. Yeah. And I think where the good stuff comes from him in American reunion is with Jason Biggs too. And they're kind of yeah. playing off the relationship that they would have established 15 years ago. So I, I, I can't imagine that, uh, that he's really saving the movies in every one of those, but it was nice to see him. Um, oh yeah, and you know, it was just it was a good time when I was thirteen. Do I ever plan to do it again? I don't plan on it. Will I ever do it again? I mean, probably. probably. I hope to live a long life, and and I wouldn't doubt that that I don't end up liking them uh, if I were to revisit them again. But uh, yeah, that's you know. he hit on something important. I think. Seeing seeing the movies like at the time at the right age and the right time when they came out, definitely it's it's gonna hit you better. Like I went back to the, I mean, they were so even this even American Reunion, which came out like eight years ago, just feels like so outdated. But I think if I had seen it when it first came out in 2012, I'd probably feel a little bit different about it, you know. So it's definitely all about like when you see it. Yeah. For you know, teen comedies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, you know, the ones you remember are the ones you saw when you were a teen. Yeah, it helps me a teen for those. It's like right in the name. Yeah, you can overlook the warts on them a little more, I think. And Except Can't Hardly Wait is just a good movie, no matter how old you are or whenever when you see it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, there's so. like there's exceptions, but in some cases, I think part of it is like you're young enough that like you just aren't aware of the shit that is not good in a lot of those movies. And in this case, um, we're going to get into that. Oh God. Yeah, we sure are. And in this case, I come to you both. uh, I thought as a stranger in a strange land, because I was under the impression that I had never seen one of these before. And most, any of them, like not even the first one. Yeah, no, I've never seen that boy. Fuck that pie. Um, God. And, uh, I, it's pretty funny. It's probably pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny when he fucks that pie. Clint. And a lot of my like sex comedy experience, like the big one for me is super bad. When I was a teenager, it was like such a thing that we just watched it all the fucking time. Um, I had, uh, there was like this group of friends that I was in and we would just like, if we wanted to watch a movie, we would put that movie on. Like it was just the go-to we need a film and that mm-hmm. is the one that like sticks out really well for me weirdly too i've seen that movie that stars snoop dogg and wiz khalifa as high schoolers like five times um and <laughs> i did not smoke weed in yeah. high school but i sure had friends that did and that's probably why i've seen that movie so many times because snoop dogg cannot convincingly play a high schooler but we don't have time to get into that so i 
Know that when we were scheming this episode, Neil made the suggestion to at least see the first few, and I had every intention of doing that, and then my schedule kept changing a lot, and I never really found a good moment where I was like, you know what I want to do right now? I want to watch, like, the second American Pie. So... Oh, well, lucky for you, I've watched them both since watching this last night. Don't yeah. ask me how I did it. I won't. I don't want to hear about your dark and strange methods, but... That meant that I thought I was coming to this um, a complete blank slate until I had a realization about five minutes into the movie that I had absolutely seen it before. <laughs> and <laughs> it just like pulled these like dark memories out of the recesses of my mind. And I was like, nope, yeah. I've been here. This is familiar. And uh, that I think made the experience... Um, more excruciating than it probably would have been otherwise because I feel like if nothing else, if you can go into this with a complete lack of awareness, you at least have to see it for the first time. Like it's it's new to your brain, even if it's not like maybe not the best thing ever made. But that made things difficult for me to sort of have that realization and be like, oh, well, I'm still, I still have to sit here for two hours, even though I kind of know what the deal is with this. And we were all trapped in that, in that prison together. It felt long. It felt really long when I rewatched it. I didn't feel as long the first time. It's the longest movie potentially ever made. Um, Liam, I don't know. Did it feel long for you? Man, no, this is where I'm going to show my hand here, but no, I thought this movie flew by and uh when i i got up to like use the washroom or something halfway through i didn't know i was halfway through and i went to pause it scrolled my mouse over it i saw there was like 50 minutes left and uh well i got excited wait wait <laughs> that's wait wait from. wait stop stop every stop the podcast everybody stop normally i do a big fun like hey how did everybody feel about this movie everybody stop we're not doing that liam what the fuck did you just say i've seen this movie three times and uh the third time was absolutely the best time was the charm it just gets better every time <laughs> fucking love, i fucking love i love this movie dude <laughs> Liam, you cannot be fucking serious no, no, I've been, uh, you guys have been like talking smack about this for what we've been on the air for like 15 minutes. And even before we started recording, like immediately guys, listeners out there, I get in the chat and I'm hearing these guys just like, oh, you guys ready to go or my fuck, this is going to be, I'm going to have a crisis. My we're going to do it. I my guess. exact words were, I feel like we've been through a war together. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> I had to bite my tongue, dude. I think this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> what? Even my dog's upset Your by dog what you is, said. You, you upset his dog, Liam. Okay. You know him better than I do, but it sounds like he's cheering me on to me. No, she's she's angry. She had to watch this with me. Uh, so, <laughs> Come here, kid. Uh, okay, well, whole podcast structure's out the window, I think. Liam, defend okay, yourself. Kid. Liam can't hurt you. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know what? I'm going to scale back a little bit here. Knowing oh. the kind of movies I know Liam likes, this is not 
a huge surprise considering it's not really like a coming of age movie in the strictest of terms but it's in that nebulous kind of area and i know he's a big fan of those so i want to give him yes, some leeway on those I, grounds I but also i want to dunk do your too. head in a toilet okay all right <laughs> If we learn anything from this movie, it's that bullying is... Uh, Nothing gets solved by dunking like, heads You don't, you don't want to be like Stifler. <laughs> Stifler doesn't want to be Even like Stifler. I think, I think this movie wants you to take away that you should be like Stifler. Every friend group Which is needs a Stifler. And, uh, He's our dick. Liam's ours. <laughs> Turns out... Did you, Liam, did you see this like right when it came out? Like, did you see I, it like 2012... I did, yeah. So um, by the time this came out, I would have been three years removed from my odyssey of watching every American Pie movie, and I would have seen probably the first one uh, three or four more times. I don't think I've ever seen American Pie 2 or American Wedding again. I think I've only seen each of those once, but I've seen American Pie quite a few times. And so I was really, really excited for this. I mean, um, I was like mid high school at this point. So I was, I was at that age where I was like feeling super nostalgic about my youth, not realizing that the time that I was living, I would also be nostalgic about very shortly after, you know? So I was a lot of thinking upon the past. This was around the time Monsters University came out, which also did a lot for me. So I, I was, I was that. super excited for this. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think it's good, man. Um, for a lot of the same, is it like maybe, Halloween Resurrection good? Or <laughs> I'd say it's uh, it's probably more like Rob Zombie Halloween good, so, so not as good. Liam, what something. what moment in American Reunion is the equivalent of Busta Rhymes kicking Mike Myers out a window? Uh, probably when um, Jim's wife Michelle looks out the window to see him carrying a naked young woman and instead of diving out of the way he just drops her onto the ground you're laughing so hard <laughs> wow dude oh my God. you should have gone with the part when stifler sits in the cooler dude that's probably like that's a top three part is when he's in the cooler and then like jim jim dude jim is like what the fuck are you doing and stifler mouths i'm taking a shit <laughs> Our lists on this movie are opposite. I can already tell. Ah, <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, so, 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 so listen, I did. I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Um, I was just excited to see all these actors again. And I remember laughing at quite a few moments and thinking it was sweet. I, I certainly wasn't pissed off by it, but um, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I didn't come away from it thinking it was super amazing. It was just, it was pleasant enough. I spent a good like weekend on the IMDb message boards after it came out reading about Jason Biggs's dick and uh, and then I revisited the movie probably a year or two ago because my friends and I watched American Pie followed by American Reunion and again I thought it was just a a standard fun time and then it's though it's wild how much you're ignoring American Pie too that's the only one of these that I will like look forward to watching again Yes, there, you know there, what? I would. There, I fucking said it. <laughs> I would. I would love to check that one out again. I mean, I remember it 
fondly um, at the time that I was doing the whole main trilogy back to back. I remember really liking that one, but I'm surprised that that one comes out way above the first American Pie for you. What is it that sells it? Uh, it's not so much what sells the second one as just that like when I rewatched the first one, I, I can't ignore the Nadia scene. It's just yes. way yeah. too fucked up. Yeah. Is there, oh, do you, is there like a bad Corey, do you, scene? Do you no, know the Nadia scene? No. All right. So Nadia is, it's Shannon Elizabeth plays her. She's in this movie too. She pops in at the end because they give all the characters from the first movie like 45 seconds of screen time each at the reunion. Yeah. Um, but she was the foreign exchange student who like came over to Jim's house to study. This is, you know, and, but she had, she had dance practice first, so she had to change. So Jim and his friends like set up a webcam to spy on her while she's changing. Uh, and then they accidentally send the link to the entire school. So uh, everyone is watching this. And then Jim like goes back. Cause she starts, you know, she starts looking through his adult magazines and, touching herself and so he goes in to interrupt and she makes him strip and it's it's just it's an awful scene i don't even want to talk about it anymore sure they, they that... broadcast her without her consent to the entire school and she gets yeah. like shipped back to her home country because she's a foreign exchange student uh, i don't think they ever name her for that country le- either is, yeah we don't have time to unpack the that that sucks holy fuck but wow. i but it that's the that's the internet thing that this movie references when they say, Oh, I saw you on the internet. Oh, I saw the YouTube clip. That's what they're talking about. Uh, in American. Oh, reunion. I thought it was going to be him. I thought that was him fucking the pie. It's not. Okay. No. Wow. Mm. So no, I, I can't believe no. they had the, they were committed enough to reference a scene like that again. Cause I feel like it, yeah. was 2012 just not as progressively along as it is in my memory. Cause I was a child. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you're totally right. I like think, what dude, the it, fuck? Yeah, it would be crazy if they referenced the first American Pie and then um, everything else was like progressive and cool. But I think what gets me about this movie and why I'm able to enjoy it the same way like I enjoy the first one is just because the first one had a terrible scene like that that I don't think is particularly funny, but like I'll, I'll take it, I'll take or leave the rest of the movie. Um, this movie is like the exact same sleaziness it just does it again where there's a few moments that get me and then there's a few stuff that i don't think is funny at all i just i think that it it would hurt me more if um if this movie came out and it was super sleazy and bad and then i could look back at the original american pie and be like it didn't have any of that what the fuck did they do with this new one whereas this feels very much like part two or part four to the American pie series. Like it feels faithful to the, to the, uh, the, the sleaziness. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's, that's fair. I do think that the second one is a better rewatch. It, I don't, and please anyone out there who listens to this, feel free to call me on this and let me know something I'm unaware of, but I don't think it has anything as bad as that webcam scene in the second one. I mean, there's some, shenanigans of course i feel like it would be hard it would be hard to top how truly fucking miserable that scene sounds like yeah and the movie doesn't play it out as miserable you know it's just like funny hijinks but yeah wacky hijinks which it uh, looking back on it it's just like oh man yeah this is pretty gross um also no one in 1999 had good enough internet to live stream but whatever um, it was hilariously pixelated. You oh, know. like it's yeah. uh, it, they uh, okay, whatever. 
We don't have time. And Blink One Eighty Two. Blink One Eighty Two is watching one of the streams. It's super yeah. weird. Do you mean the yeah, like they, the, the actual band? The actual band Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. Cool. Corey, not only did they have the actual band Blink One Eighty Two, but that scene was scored with a Blink One Eighty Two song. Uh, did, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I guess they secured I, the bag. I do, I do like that band, though. I'm not talking shit about Blink One Eighty Two. This isn't about Blink One Eighty Two. Who was the time? Is that the band with the guy who now likes UFOs a lot? Yeah, he's not in the band anymore. I think they got the guy from Alkaline and Trio to replace him. Cool. They did. Um, yeah. I'm stalling because uh, now I guess Neil and I can take our turn and we can go back and forth sort of like uh, like what the justice system would do uh, because Liam's <laughs> committed the crime of liking this movie. Um, I, I don't want to be mad at you, Liam. Liam but I, am I really don't. I wanted... I wanted to like this movie, and I do really think that it's the it's the fact that I watched the movie for the first time like two months ago versus 2012 when it came out. I think I would feel a lot more like you if I had seen it back then, and if I was looking back on it. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's totally fair, because this time, um, a lot of my enjoyment, even more so than when I watched it about two years ago, a lot of my enjoyment was thinking about 2012, realizing that that is eight years ago, that we're like... Um, way more than halfway to the point that this movie was to the first one, you know, that's only a 13 year difference. And now we're eight years from this. And so it was just a lot of thinking about 2012, a lot of thinking about how fond I was of those original characters and about how this movie kind of now feels like its own American pie, that it's dated by the music choices and by the technology and by it's not progressiveness. So a lot of that just appealed to me, but you got, you guys go talk about it. Uh, uh, well, Liam, this is, I think the best way I can describe how I feel to you, um, as the co-host of this podcast. Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Note number thirteen that I wrote is maybe I'd rather just watch Hangover Three again. Wow. Okay. And okay. for fans, longtime fans of the show, <laughs> thank you, Neil. That episode didn't even come out. We tried to do that for the podcast, and um, that movie is such a vacuum of anything that uh we just decided to say fuck it and uh did something else and i was like maybe that doesn't sound that bad this movie made me angry <laughs> that's that's all i got it just uh, I, I every everything it tried to do to endear my it to myself made me dislike it more and it's not just that like it was eight years ago and like maybe some of its choices are bad because they are but also just like it's just so like basic and very like straightforward but still frustrating even though you never don't know like exactly what's going on it didn't make me laugh i uh, i what okay uh, I don't know. so I'm, I'm finding myself somewhere between you two on this because I, I I did like revisiting these characters. I do I do have you know goodwill towards the series. The things I was most frustrated about were just how some of the characters, particularly the women, were really underutilized in the movie. Yes, versus some they're of the basically non entities. Like 
Allison Hannigan's whole job like... is to be like a buzzkill and a narc. Yeah, and I and I rewatched. I mean, she doesn't have a big role in the first one. She has a big role in the second one. She's like, it's it's almost like a totally different character in this movie than it was. And from what I remember about American Wedding, where she also had like a big role, like I didn't like them being sidelined as you know, her. I didn't like her being sidelined, and they brought the other characters back from one and two. They brought back Heather and Vicky, and they kind of got sidelined. Also, they were just kind of there to move the story forward for like the lame dudes, who are just real fucking lame. What happened to our guys? Like seriously. Um. Well, they became dads and adults and grew up and they became narcs and Stifler doesn't like them because they're adults now. Yeah, I found myself empathizing with Stifler in this movie because everyone else wow. kind of sucked. I mean, I, I'll, I guess it's worth pointing out. I, I know we already kind of did, but like I have no pre-established like attachment to these characters. And while I don't find them like just like maliciously unlikable or anything, um they're they're very willing to hand ring about not wanting to do whatever stifler's doing for like half a second and then just say fuck it and then it's like well how did this group of adults end up at this high school party <laughs> that's weird why are you guys here is what i'm wondering now yeah. um that was weird that and, was definitely weird <laughs> and why did why is stifler just committing crimes everywhere uh against the bad teenagers and why are you guys just like, oh, gee whiz, what are you doing, bud? And then you're just like, ah, whatever, fuck it, it's fine. Like, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't. It does not. Okay, end I, of, that's I agree. End of sentence. Also, while we're airing our grievances, what's with, like, the weird ham-fisted attempt at gay representation that is itself homophobic? All right, just, yeah, absolutely <laughs> this is progressive for the american pie series though yeah and like you know yeah. i i i guess i see what they're trying to do but like you can't be like oh yeah the whole lacrosse team half the lacrosse team was gay and now we have men kissing in our movie but then you do that bit at the beginning with the deshaun character where yeah. it's just like he's just oh he's effeminate and that's hilarious because it's a man and that's not what masculinity is and I know I'm asking a lot of my American Pie sequel from 2012, but as somebody watching it now in 2020 with no attachment to those movies, it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. The only thing I laughed at was the Twilight books line, because I read those books because I was a teenager, and that's what we did, and uh, uh, I remember when, those. That's when they're at the, at the high school party. Yeah, and they're drinking with with uh, with minors. And they're not minors. And then Stifler encourages the man to cheat on his wife with a, a minor. <laughs> Remember that part? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Cool and great. <laughs> and he says, he says, like, he says, no. Uh, and don't then he you just kind of says, your sure. wife? <laughs> you need to take back your skills to your wife. What's his says. name again? And Jim. Cool, yeah, I think Jim seems really willing to, yeah, compl- to not do things until he just decides to do them anyway. But anyway, what were you going to say? that pie. Kind of like fucking that pie. What were you going to say, Liam? Oh, I was going to say that um, I think your teenagehood spent reading the Twilight books kind of exemplifies the differences between you and I. You spent your teenage years reading Twilight, Hang and on. I spent my teenage years Hang watching on. all eight American Pie movies. It didn't take it didn't take me 
six years to read those books. I'll have well, you. I mean, it didn't, didn't, read them. didn't take me six years to watch these movies either. It took me three days. I'm saying, I didn't read them multiple times I didn't spend over six whole, years. I didn't spend my whole teenage years reading them. No, I think I read them all once. Uh, and I, in hindsight, I don't really know why, because I don't remember almost anything about it, I don't think. At least not accurately, except from like the baseball scene in one of the movies, which is just the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I think something that bothers me, and I do want to give Liam another chance to like sing praises for the movie, but it's it's just like if if you don't have a pre-existing attachment to like who these people are, which I get as a fourth movie, the movie is assuming you do. They're just not likable or interesting people, really. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing with these people? Why are these the people we've chosen? I know part of it is like, oh, man, you start like living a regular life and things happen and things change, but you still got to, you know, keep in touch with your friends. That's important. And family's important, too. And it's just like, yeah, but these guys all go back to high school town like once and like their families disintegrate and like they go through all this fucking terrible shit over the course of like a couple days that's like all it took for them to just like regress and end their relationships and have this whole thing and i know part of it is the awakening to like what they think is important in their lives but as people who are not inherently likable it's just kind of like you know you know that sound right liam pointed out that maybe this movie just caught me on a day where i wasn't i wasn't in the mood for it that's entirely possible but at the same time i don't know how much a different mood would have done to improve the viewing experience you know i mean yeah that's it's possible but as someone who's seen this movie three different times in presumably three different moods it's changed a lot for me yeah but i think you also have like the nostalgia factor going a little bit it's true it's true it's true i think that i could get more meaningful discussion out of the baseball scene in twilight than i could on my own out of this entire film and maybe that's just me being a little bit mean but at the same time this is the movie we're dealing with Let me plug my phone in to make sure it doesn't also die on me. That's good. That's smart. I do want this thing to turn back on, though, so I can get back to my notes, because I took copious notes. Um, yeah, I want to get to some of those, man. I want to hear your specific stuff about this movie. My favorite note that I took that I'm just going to say now, because who cares, is uh, Stifler, the setup king who loves MILVs. Uh, it's MILFs? No. Are you, are you pluralizing MILFs? I am, and saying it that way just makes me laugh. So that's, well, that's because then there's no acronym anymore. It doesn't even make sense. I know. <laughs> that's why it's funny. So, so what? What so, about the milves? Why did you note this down? I just wrote down Stifler, the setup king who loves milves. Oh, like you were just remembering his character? <laughs> no, I think it's like right at the end of the movie when he goes to have sex with that dude's mom. Yeah. Do the, you, do the you know why note, that's significant, Corey? Yeah, because the other dude fucked his mom in the first movie. Okay, and yeah. the second movie and the third movie. He does it every movie? Yeah, he does, Ridiculous. except for this one. I know it was near the end of the movie because the note after that is MILF bonding, and that's when John Cho and that other guy were just yelling the, the word MILF. Do you know why that happens? I'm assuming in the first movie they also yelled the word MILF. They invent the term. 
That's where the term came from, as far as I know. It came from American Pie 1. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. Where did the word MILF come from? Google? Okay. Uh, I don't know which of these is the most uh, reputable, so I'm going to go with Wikipedia. History. Yeah. The concept of the MILF... <laughs> That's the funniest fucking sentence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, the concept of the MILF has to bring us back to at least the 1800s. I don't think that's American Pie. <laughs> Sorry. The concept of the MILF predates the term as exemplified by Mrs. Robinson in the movie The Graduate. Uh, linguist Laurel okay. A. Sutton states that MILF was one of nine different terms for, quote, attractive women collected from undergraduates at a large linguistics class at Berkeley in the spring of 1992. The term was widely popularized by the film American Pie, where John Cho's character, simply credited as MILF guy number two, uses the term to refer to Jennifer Coolidge's character, Janine Stifler. Janine. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. I just knew hers. Um, Stifler's mom. Whoa, there's a lot more going on on this Wikipedia page. Can we have a MILF segue? Because this says the term yummy mummy is also used. <laughs> and I don't think that's oh, true. Oh, man. And also Dude, the- if that was... If, if that was in, like, the first draft of American Pie, whoever changed that, like, if it was the writer or if someone suggested it, deserves... Like, such a raise. Imagine if it had been Yummy Mummy is instead. It, I don't think I would like this movie. Isn't Yummy Mummy a monster <laughs> cereal? Oh, you're thinking of Booberry. <laughs> in 2002, a resident of the American state of Washington applied for a vanity license plate reading Got Milf. The plate was approved, but later canceled after complaints were filed against it. Wait, Liam! Oh my god, Liam and Neil. One more thing about Milf's. The 2000, one more. The 2003 music video for the song Stacy's Mom by the group Fountains of Wayne, quote, draws on the theme of MILF in its storyline. Oh, absolutely, dude. Rest in peace. <laughs> that might... I had... God damn it, Corey. I had buried that song. I think we're, fa- we're Fountains back. of Wayne's fan on this podcast. Are, are you? Yeah. I think I'm course. done. I think so. I think Liam you was playing what? some Fountains of Wayne Don't. in our front yard the other day. It's true. I did a cover of uh, Stacy's Mom in honor of uh, the fallen bassist. Yeah, so do you feel bad okay. now, Neil? So this is... No, I don't. This is their only song, isn't it? If no, that's they the also you chose to cover. They also have too cool for school, which plays at the end of Scary Movie in a fantastic scene. If we're talking oh, okay. about right. um songs like that, can we talk about the needle drop for closing time? There's like <laughs> so many great needle drops in this movie. Is, this, is we've also completely lost the in. plot of like structure, like conversational structure, and I'm so glad. Fuck it, who cares? So, this is what happens. All right. Uh, this it's we've only been going for like what an hour or so. It's a good time for an anecdote. Sure. Um, when people invite me to play Settlers of Catan, okay, which doesn't happen anymore. Uh, every single game I've ever played has gone on for hours, and every single time they've said, "We've never had a game go on this long." <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, here's what I'm wondering: Are you actively pursuing making this our longest episode? No, I swear I'm not. And it's fine. I think I'm Chaos I'm contributing to it as me. much as anybody else. 
but I do want to say that we have to go for at least another hour to make that true. All right, let's do it. I um, mean, and I that's got a lot to say. That's assuming. Um, well, those first like fifteen minutes don't count because we hadn't started the episode yet, so we've got a while yet to cover. Um, do we want to get into specific note taking? What jumped yeah. out at you guys while watching Fountains? Not Fountains of Wayne. My brain just stopped. <laughs> American Reunion. <laughs> Can I share my the very first note I took? Yeah. I think says, our notes are yeah. very similar, actually. It says, right away, there's an R. Kelly joke, and everyone's masturbating. <laughs> I don't remember the R. Kelly joke. What was that one? It's just the a... song that's playing is an R. Kelly song, which dates the movie pretty significantly. It really uh, does, because R. Kelly, bounce... fuck off. Yeah, fuck that guy. That's Is that the official, they made another one stance on R. Kelly is fuck that guy? Yeah, 100%. Because it should. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not pushing back on that one. Two hundred percent. Good, good, good. Fuck that guy. Um, yeah, they're playing an R. Kelly song. It's just like they, it open. The movie opens up, and you're like panning across the floor, and there's clothes strewn about, and the bed is bouncing. And up it's and down, so and obviously it's, not sex. And it's scored by an R. Kelly song. I don't know the song, but it's scored by R. Kelly, because that's the term we use, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so R. Kelly did the score for this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, R. Kelly scored. So that's another mark in the negative column. Um, <laughs> but we pan up on the bed, and it's Jim and it's Michelle in bed with their two-year-old boy, who I think you see once more in the entire movie. And she's bouncing him up and down, trying to get him to sleep. And when he's tired out enough, she goes to put him to bed, and Jim says, "R. Kelly always works." And yeah. it's like, for the oh, record, we thought they were having sex. The song is the song is bump and grind is what it is um, you think i know that but i've never liked that asshole no so. uh side note um the same dude that i would watch that Wiz khalifa and snoop dogg movie with and super bad all the time uh we watched trapped in the closet in its entirety <laughs> oh my god how could you make it through that i try i honestly tried it's the craziest Ugh. fucking thing i've ever seen in my life um, and we don't have time to yeah. litigate that. It's right that. up there with the baseball team. It really is. When are you Those guys going to do an episode? Because there's like 10 parts or something, It's right? really long. And he released it like in parts. Oh, yeah. dude, there's like, there's like 30 parts, and then he put out a couple extras. So, yeah, it's long, long, long. Yeah. When, um, when's the, uh, when's the uh, Trapped in the Closet episode of They Made Another One? It's a mini series. <laughs> you just like jump into like chapter 18. Honestly, that would Dude, be really fucking even, funny. If R. Kelly didn't that would suck, be good. I would love to do that. It's true, and even even if it was even if it was just his music, like I might be able to say, "Oh, well, we can do it." But the fact that he plays like nearly every character in it, I don't think we can get away with it. I think it would make me too uncomfortable. I yes. about on my podcast, they made another. They made another one. Dude, that's precisely the <laughs> kind of thing that we make that podcast for. <laughs> my first note was also. Uh, r kelly related i just put like r kelly but it's not sex and then um i wrote the old ball and chain am i right because <laughs> yeah. that's this movie's it whole doesn't... ethos towards women yeah and that so like immediately the movie lost me because i i as much as outdated shit is in the previous movies i never felt like they had that attitude like you know like heather was a real character in the early movies and vicky was a real character and um, I can't pull her name right now, and but Nat- Natasha Leone's character was like real and very sex positive. 
and Michelle was like Jessica, super sex positive, and and just thank you. Yeah, and Michelle was like Allison Hannigan's character. Michelle, uh, shout out to Buffy fans. What up? She was like really, she was like really interesting and quirky and likable. And this just didn't. This movie just doesn't feel like it captures any of that. In this opening scene, it doesn't feel like it's Michelle. You know? No. Like I, I literally watched American Pie one and two after. I watched rewatch this and like her, even just like her speaking cadence is completely different. I, you know, I, I wrote down I, in all capital letters, stop just making her the fucking buzzkill. Oh my God. Fuck you. And fuck this movie care about the women at all. Cause yeah. Cause her, cause her character's never in the past movie. She's never been a buzzkill. And it was weird that they like, they didn't do it with all the female characters. I mean, they did it with Michelle. They did it with, um, Kevin, Kevin, all right, Kevin fucking sucks. We'll get to that. Then it was Kevin's wife, who's like yes. they like make her like a buzzkill because she like they like watch reality TV and Gossip Girl together, and we're supposed to like feel bad. Yeah, for this I, guy. I also wrote a note that said "fuck the Bachelorette." I guess, like, because it's not clear yeah. like why that. I mean, the Bachelor series is problematic for all kinds of reasons, but it's not like inherently. Like, a problem to watch it like if you're a dude i listened to a whole podcast I, about the bachelor because i had nothing else to do while cutting grass all summer and i've never seen an episode of that show but i certainly enjoyed that experience fuck you american reunion so kevin sucks I, can i get into this yeah fuck him up dude take him out at the knees all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna take us way back all right did kevin so, bully in you in high school one, no <laughs> no, and you know what, Kevin? I'm gonna say it. He was a fucking loser in high school. There, I said it. <laughs> so, in American Pie One, Kevin is the one who like gets. So the plot of American Pie One is these four guys. Stifler's not included, so it's Kevin, James, Jim. Pardon me. That's my favorite not, warning on know. the back of toy packaging: is Stifler not included? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says Kevin, Jim, Oz, Ostriker. I forget. Chris Ostriker, right? Yeah. And yep. Finch. And I forget Finch's first name because I call him Finch through all the movies. They mention it like three times. It's in my notes, but I'm not scrolling for it. And like they're all virgins and their deal is it's their senior year and they're all going to have sex before they graduate. That's the pact they make with each other. That's the entire plot of the first movie. Why do we watch really quickly, Liam, why do we watch so many movies with high school aged sex pacts? This keeps happening. <laughs> Just over and over again, this keeps this... happening. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't know. It's not. It's not intentional. It by me. really is like coming of age movies, <laughs> but uh, I don't. I don't particularly have a fondness for teenage sex sex pact, so it's not my <laughs> implicit doing. I feel like guys. I could, I don't know. I, you know. Never mind. We're gonna abandon this and cut this out of the podcast. I'm not gonna finish <laughs> that thought. <laughs> No, like, guys, you, you guys want to make a sex pact right here, right now? <laughs> Come guys, on, it's time we all... Do you guys want to make a blood you know oath leave on it this in just sex for that. pact? No longer will our penises remain flaccid and unused. Thank you. This is what I'm getting at. He's... All right, in the first fucking movie, that's... Kevin says that. He says, that's a, that's a quote. And then he says, we take a stand right here and now. For all the guys who should be getting laid and aren't. Should be, huh? That's a Which gross is, way of thinking about that. Yeah, that's some like real MRA shit right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's Kevin in the first movie. And then, like, at the end, he's, like, still, like, pushing them. And all the guys have to, like, kind of push back and be like, fuck you. This isn't important. We don't want to do this. And then it happens for most of them. But it doesn't happen for Oz. But it's okay because he found love and it's beautiful and they reconnected this movie. So, whatever. But Kevin fucking sucks. He sucks. That was the whole first movie was Kevin being a dick. Right? And then the second movie is Kevin not moving on from high school and trying to recapture all this shit. And, like, get back with his ex-girlfriend who's not into him anymore and just, like, trying to, like, recapture... Like, Kevin, like, he sucks. Like, that's two movies. The first two movies in the series where he's just an asshole. Did we know and that... That's movie. Did we know that the actor for Kevin really quick is in Halloween Resurrection? Did we know that? Yes, he is, and he tries to get uh, Katie Sackhoff to take her shirt off. Gross. Did we also know he's, he... the, he's the guy from A Kid in King Arthur's Court? Yeah, he is. Fuck yeah, he is. <laughs> Hell yeah, he he's is. He's in Rookie of the Year shout as out, well. Shout out to what's that movie. Name? That's what's good. Name? What's, his, what's Thomas he... Ian Nichols? Yeah. Yeah. No, no offense to that guy. I'm not insulting that guy. I'm insulting specifically the character Kevin. No yeah. No. Yeah. No. We're saying fuck him, Kevin. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kevin. Sucks. I just want to make that clear because I, I mean, I know he's a listener. So. Yeah. He's a he's our only patron, and he pays us in like he pays us in fucking <laughs> fucking pipe cleaners. And like in fact, American strength. Reunion was his request. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because he finally yeah he requested it because he finally had something to do in American Wedding. He was a background character for the most part, so he wasn't like too offensive in that. But in this one, like we're supposed to feel bad for the guy. He lives in like a giant house. He's got a wife who loves him and, and wants then, to and like spend time with wife. him. Uh, what does he? Is is it in this movie or is it in the last one where it's revealed that he's somehow managed to become an architect despite graduating college in the middle of the recession? They they don't mention that, any and architecture that not being here. his major. They right, do no. Be... He he says that he's been an architect for about two years. Well, I wasn't listening. Yeah. So he. All right, and there's no way he's. Sorry, I'm just I. Two thousand eight was a bad time no for everybody. It takes like six years. To go to school for that. So he went back to college and got his master's so he could apply for the... Oh, right. I'm getting in the weeds because I was an architecture student at one point. There's no way the guy's fucking architect. That guy doesn't have the... I don't the, know. That guy doesn't have the gumption. He doesn't. Dare uh, I doesn't. say the gumption. I, I want to say things about his facial hair, but I'll, I won't. Oh yeah, his beard sucks. <laughs> Fuck that. It's no, got... you can you can totally bring it up because the the best joke in this movie might be when uh, he meets up again with Natasha Lyonne's character, and she says, yeah. "Hey, Kevin, nice beard," and he says, "Thanks," and she goes, "I'm joking." <laughs> yeah. That was good, but yeah, I fucking hate the guy. I I I hate the character. He's sucked in three out of four movies in this one we're supposed to feel bad for him because he his wife loves him and wants to watch gossip girl with him like and he lives in a giant house and he somehow managed to become a successful architect during the recession I, he, I don't buy it and he knows how to cook which i extremely don't yeah yeah um, he can cook yeah and he, like, he needs some guy time like well yeah fuck he I, loves his wife so but he needs a weekend with the boys <laughs> My note is Kevin is the worst. I think he's married because I didn't know at that point if he was married or it was a living girlfriend. I figured out at the end of the movie that he was married. Kevin is the worst. I think he's married, but it barely matters because you won't see her much. And mostly she's just there to set up Kevin needing a break from his giant house and gorgeous wife and watching The Bachelor on TV. 
Also, there's no way that between American Wedding and American Reunion, he became a successful architect. That's I, one of my earliest notes. In the I movie. love that you wrote that down. Also, I'm realizing that um, two out of three wives are here to be shunned and ignored. And then yeah, one is like mostly here to be shunned and ignored and then is also a quote unquote character. Wait, which one is that? Because I, I only think of two wives. <laughs> She's uh, a wife. Uh, that was, she was one of the two. Oh, I counted Michelle and there's... this and Kevin's wife. Oh, is is Oz not married? Is that like a girlfriend? No, whatever. Is his girlfriend? We're yeah. splitting hairs. Who gives a shit? I just have a note that says, "Yo, this fucking sucks," and that could apply to all sorts of parts of this movie. Um, but what it applies to is love to be an adult man sneaking a drunk teenager into their house naked. Oh God, that fucking scene was just bad. It's not great. <laughs> It's not great. You could really just isolate parts of this movie and go, it's not ideal. Um, but, you know, we could talk about how much Kevin sung, sucks all day. And arguably we yeah, have. Yeah, I'm going to start a whole podcast about it. <laughs> all, the, all the Kevins in various media and how much they suck. Kevin McAllister yeah. sucks. <laughs> Kevin from American Kevin Reunion James. sucks. Kevin James, that real life cartoon character, fuck you. <laughs> Kevin James is yeah, now on our Ellen DeGeneres, Sandra Bullock, who else is on our shit list, Liam? Joe Berlinger. Joe Berlinger. Uh, Clancy Brown, by extension of his demonic possession. Sure, sure. And, who, and there's one person on our good list, and it's Cat Shea. Yes. Yeah, I, she's I, good. She's I think that's right. right. Liam, I want to give you a chance to point out some scenes that you like and try to convince us why they're good. Well, dude, listen, a lot of it is just like that it made me laugh, and I'm not going to be able to convince you guys that anything is funny, uh, but there's certainly a lot of stuff I laughed at in this, little things. Um, anytime John Cho shows up, yes. I, mean, I think he's hilarious. I remember absolutely dying along with the rest of the theater when he drives up to Jim after, after. he uh, hits the car trying to bring Kara back home, and he goes, oh my god, are you all right? Are you yeah, okay? Was, it's just a fantastic delivery. Yeah, he's that was he's yeah, better was than this movie. I'm yeah. I'm gonna say I there I'm not gonna limit it to John Cho's presence. There were probably other times in the movies that I laughed, but everything like I was there for everything John Cho did. Like I, that scene was hilarious. His whole the movie needed more. This is the most he's done in any of the American Pie movies, too, isn't it? Is it because it is. he was like, more famous by 2012? Yeah, it's because I, I think it's because they needed someone funny in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because I totally. feel like no, this, it this is, core it's... cast does not have comedic chops, really. Yeah, no, was, not he was not not particularly. No, John John Cho was great. That scene was great. Are you okay? When he pulls up and he's like wide eyed and yeah, that was yeah, great. that's so funny. I like when um they are talking to him at the at Stifler's party and they bring up the other MILF guy and he goes, yeah. let's just say that friendship is a two-way street. And he's just so serious. He just, he has great timing. He's naturally funny. So I loved everything he did. I also loved every time Jim and his dad were talking because uh, whereas I don't think Jason Biggs is just like naturally funny all the time. I think, I think he does have charm and I think that charm really comes out in his conversations with his dad because they do this thing where like they're both rambling on situation and kind of talking over each other for way too long and stuttering and i just yeah. think it's it's absolutely hilarious i loved every time that happened 
No, no, Jim and Jim's dad, or Mr. Levenstein. You do we ever get his real name? I don't think in so. In any of these movies, I, I don't know, but I didn't know we got Stifler's mom's name either. And it turns out, Corey said it's Janine, so maybe I just that missed could, that Jim's could be dad. the deep lore. That could be the ancient texts because my cast list just says <laughs> Jim's dad. Maybe that is his name. Yeah, I, I alternated. Know. I alternated in my notes between Jim's dad and Mr. Levenstein. But I yeah, just wrote Eugene he, Levy. His. I did take a note. That he has a, I, I forget the. Oh yeah, it was when he was sitting with Jim and he was talking about like trying to make it work with Jim's mom, which we should address. Um, Jim's mom's dead in this movie. She wasn't in the previous one. Something happened. She passed away, which was a interesting choice. Whoa, Corey. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the way you. Said. The only thing Corey found funny in this movie. No, I'm only. Nothing's la- funny about death, Corey. <laughs> I'm laughing because the way you said. She's dead in this movie, and she wasn't in the other ones. She wasn't in, in American Wedding. She was there, right? Like it had happened in like the past couple of years. It was an. No, I know it's not Look, actually. Com- it's not actually funny, but the way you said it. There was a strict. There was a strict continuity to these movies. Yeah, no, they say it's been like two or three years or something. Yeah, and I and I did. I do want to say I did like that thread of of Jim's dad. Like meeting Stifler's mom and just dealing with that whole thing. Like it was a, it it gave a little bit of depth to the characters, to the to the like emotional like moments between Jim, who's struggling in his marriage and the time he spends with his dad. And I did take a note that um, like I I thought his point was good where he said like when you know when you have a kid you become a dad and a mom, but you also have to keep being a husband and wife. And, you know, you have to work to make that time. Like, I thought that was actually, like, a good message in the movie. Yeah, me too. You know, I I, I enjoyed those interactions. I definitely enjoyed those interactions, and that's really where a lot of the heart of the movie came from. I could have used a little more, probably, but I like what they gave us. And, yeah, Yeah. the Jim Jim and his dad stuff has always been, like, really fun in these movies. Because it is, you know, we're not going to... We're not talking about all of them, but I, I was happy to see that. I was happy to have that back, and I think that's what probably elevates this and Eugene Levy's performance over those direct-to-DVD movies where he didn't have that. You know, he didn't have his son there. How is he even in son. those movies? You get what I mean. Why is he even in those? I don't, I don't know. I he's just probably having fun. I can't argue just with Eugene, bopping around. Eugene Levy for bopping around, dude. Having a good fucking time with the boys. I bet, I bet those Presents movies were like a ton of fun to make yeah. for a lot of people, but not everyone. We've watched you know? ton of tons of movies on this show where one of my big takeaways is I bet this was a lot of fun to make. And, I bet this movie was a lot of fun oh, to make, too. no doubt it was. And a movie that I was thinking about a little bit was the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas just in terms of like a comedy that just doesn't work at all. Wow. Which is, I should just note, because we brought it up here, that movie is directed by the uh, duo yeah. that directed Flintstones, or sorry, the, the duo that directed Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas, directed Can't Hardly Wait. That's what I'm getting at. Are you fucking uh, well, they serious? Got, they got better or worse at movies, depending on the timeline. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, way worse um but part of what i was thinking about with that is flintstones in viva rock vegas is potentially 
the worst thing we've watched on They Made Another One to date. But worse than Hangover Three. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Corey, Corey thinks this is worse than Hangover Three. So. <laughs> Hangover Three was just boring. Like the reason that episode didn't go out is because we thought it might just not be interesting to hear people talking about a movie that's that boring. Whereas the Flintstones has so much going on, there's so much to talk about, and it looks like it was probably a lot of fun to make. But that doesn't mean like the end product is going to be good all the time. Oh, sure, yeah. Total non sequitur. Uh, Neil, at some point we need to make some time to talk about Sex in the City. Is that okay? Oh, totally. Hell yeah. Um, because Liam has been like, watching like Sex that, in like the an... City. We can do it now, or we can do it later. <laughs> we can we can oil ourselves up now. But I want to do Sex in the City too on the podcast. Oil so ourselves up. Oh my god, that fucking movie. Liam, I, yeah, think I haven't seen it. I haven't seen too much I haven't seen time. either of the movies. I haven't I haven't seen either of the movies, but recently I've seen about 25 episodes of Sex in the City, so I'm kind of ready to go and, and check the movies out. Alright, we're about I paused my 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 Sex in the City rewatch. We're about even at 25 episodes or so. Cool. So, um yeah. and I know that I'll get back into it. When we talked about Aiden deserve better. Have you gotten to Aiden yet? Yes, I've, right. I've, got... I've, I've seen quite Corey. a bit of Aiden, yeah. Okay. Is Aiden right. our boy, know. though? Is Aiden the one that is Dr. Dad from To All the Boys I've Loved Before and fucking My Big Fat Greek Wedding Guy? That's right. That is Aiden. Yeah, I was going to bring Aiden. it up because yeah, I knew yeah. that Neil had strong feelings about that guy <laughs> who we have always described as pretty milk toast. Well, he really shines in Sex in the City. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He he blew me away. I was so shocked to learn that it was the same actor because I didn't even I didn't even recognize him in Sex in the City. I thought he was totally pleasant in Sex in the City, way better than all those other milk toast roles. I love Aiden. I'm an Aiden fan. Hell yeah! All right, one thing we agree on, <laughs> <laughs> guys. We found the common ground for unity between Liam and Neil. This is an earth shattering moment. What are your opinions on Amazing Spider-Man 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to throw a lot of hot takes in one episode. I like Amazing Spider-Man 2. What about you? Hell yeah. God, we yeah. ripped oh, Neil a... so hard for this. I mean, that movie got a bad rap. That movie is, is it's not nearly as bad as people say. It's pretty fucking good. I'm sorry. The Peter Gwen stuff carries the movie for sure. Yeah, I love that movie. I, I, okay, you know what? I don't know if I. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm taking a stand right here, right now. And they made another one. I love that fucking movie. There, I said it. <laughs> I'm with you. I'll I'll go up with you. I love it as well. I know when it came out, I was like, "This is the best movie ever." And Amer- Amazing Spider-Man three is going to be even better. We're going to get two best movies ever in a row. I was so excited. That movie is a huge ever. part of my mythology. Of your lore. Yeah. I don't think I. I yeah. When I saw it, when the first time I saw that one, I was like, why does everyone hate this movie? It was pretty good. But then I rewatched it not too long ago, and I was like, whoa, this mo- this fucking movie. This movie works for me. It presses all the Spider-Man buttons. <laughs> How many Spider-Man buttons do not you there. have? There's, uh, station. There's at least six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it has to be doing something right to press six discrete buttons. Um... Oh, they're... Yeah. How do you guys feel about uh, music I... by the band LMFAO? 
Oh, when they're doing when Jim's dad's doing the yeah, because there's none the there's none of that in the Amazing Spider-Man two, and I'm willing to bet it doesn't appear in Sex oh. in the City, but it sure appears in this movie we're supposed to be podcasting about. I guess yeah. I don't know who decided we had to podcast about that and not something different. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, I have a. I definitely have a note about a song later on, but it's not when I'm sexy and I know it came on <laughs> when they were signing Jim's dad up for J date. Is that a real website? Yeah. Is well, that product placement? Yeah. God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it was, a, I think it was, I mean, it, not a joke. Time to a Google J date. The, the characters are Jewish. It's a Jewish dating site. It sure is. Which, it's ex- it, wow. It was founded a long time ago. Liam, that, website is as old as we are <laughs> that's so cool it must have been what jim used back in the day in 1999 he did use it he did sign up for online dating back then but i don't know that it was jdate yeah uh, i can't remember well anyway Corey, to answer your question uh seriously i don't i don't think you were expecting a serious answer i sure wasn't lmfao <laughs> lmfao i i mean i don't like their music but i do really like on this rewatch, the way it ties this movie to a particular time period, the way that the Blink-182 and the Sum 41 songs, and I think there's some Smash Mouth in the original American Pie series. I like mm-hmm. that this I like that this movie like opens with Everybody Talks by Neon Trees. I like that it has LMFAO music because at the time I saw it in the theater, it was just kind of eye-rolly because modern music in modern movies feels a bit... Uh, pandering i suppose but once you revisit it a little while later it feels like a really cool time capsule and so i liked hearing lmfao in this music and in the movie and then it made the 90s needle drops so much more satisfying there was a lot of a lot of cool stuff in this movie music wise i dug it definitely i agree with one exception blink 182 is timeless (laughs) <laughs> it's timeless. I mean, yeah, their old stuff is certainly timeless. It's, yeah, it's timeless because that guy who's not in the band anymore found the secret to slipping through the time stream, and uh, that's where they made all their music. It was in a was in a time free zone, um, a space beyond perception where uh, they just jammed for a while. We're talking music. I just want to drop American Pie One had a song on the soundtrack by a band called Tonic called You Wanted More, and that song still fucking bangs. And when I sat down to watch this thing, and I found out they were doing this 90s theme for their reunion, and I like had this feeling they were going to start plugging in all these old hits, I wanted to hear that song, and I didn't. So everyone listening to this, go look up that song, You Wanted More by Tonic. Fucking rules. Can I ask a loosely related question to the room? Sure. Because this movie well, is... Well, hold on. Wait. Wait. Liam, is it okay if he asks? It's not my show. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, yeah. Everyone um, in the room says it's okay. Corey. Okay, cool. So, um, this movie is about uh, nostalgia for when you were in high school. And music is intimately tied to important moments from high school. And I think this will be funny because I know my answer is funny. Um, what song was playing, if there was one, the first time you kissed another person? Oh, boy. Neil's got a lot to think about. Well, yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. I can't say I had a first kiss in high school, and when it happened, there was no music playing. But if you're looking for slow songs that would have been popular at the time, I can give you the first song I slow danced to, yes. and that would have been Lips of an Angel by Hinder. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. 
Yeah. Hell okay. yeah, dude. Um, I think I was at a. I think I was at a movie with a girl, and I think it was something off of the Mission Impossible Two score. Oh, that's good. That's, <laughs> that's good. That's tactical. Is it possible it was just the theme to the movie? I, I may. It's possible. It is absolutely possible. I, I'm not sure that's accurate though. So, oh, God, what that's else? So what, what, I don't know what else it could have been though. It might have been something off of the GoldenEye score. So either no, no matter way, which way you hack it, it was in a movie theater or in a movie room. I thought you and said the, Golden the one Axe. That I, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was, I was playing. The, it was the Golden the Axe score. <laughs> <laughs> we were at that part in the game where you're at the campfire and the thing's trying to steal all your stuff, and if you attack it, you get like potions. Yeah, you it know, was that part. You know that scene <laughs> yeah. in Golden Eye. Where Pierce Brosnan gets all those potions. No, I'm talking Golden Axe. Come I on. know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just having a fucking stroke over here. Um, and we just, we couldn't contain ourselves at the excitement of the game, and we just, we went in. Yeah. What no, about you, Corey? It sounds like you've got something prepared oh, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. I was at a high school dance that I was helping organize because I was on student <laughs> council, and uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. All right. Which is, nice, uh, dude. in hindsight, like the absolute funniest thing. The only funnier thing is that um, the second the dance ended, I was way too excited about it for too long. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like you're just kind of, you're just hyped as shit. <laughs> but it was like, it was too long where I was like really riding that wave. <laughs> I think that's pretty normal for... It, it probably is. I was like... For the event. Like 16 or 17 or something. 16. 16? How old? How old are you in like 10th grade? And you had this... 16. Yeah. And you had this packed with all your... You had this packed with all your friends. Yeah. you would lose your virginity before senior year. Yeah. And, and yeah. we all failed. Pressure, pressure was on. We all failed you felt like you were making progress. <laughs> um... But yeah, I just Did think we? I just think that that um I feel like Wrecking Ball is a song that's gonna age that has just aged so spectacularly in a relatively short amount of time that that story immediately became hilarious to me. So my mind immediately goes to the Weird Al Yankovic. What was it? Now that's what I call polka medley that he does that he opens with Wrecking Ball. That's mm-hmm. like my tu- that's my touchstone. For some reason, I have three notes in a row that I just want to point out real quick. Maybe we'll start talking Do about it. the movie again. Who knows? I have constantly yelling and screaming in agony, and then I love LMFAO, and then literally I am screaming in agony. <laughs> yeah, you had a hard time watching this one, didn't you? Uh, m- m- Sean, who lives downstairs from me i don't know why i said it like that we're in the same house he was downstairs at the time and alive so he was living downstairs well he's not allowed upstairs (laughs) he can attest to the fact that sean you're not allowed upstairs i (laughs) we do have to put up the gate um he can attest that i was literally i was literally yelling (laughs) Um, so what what's some of the stuff that really that really got you here i can't really i just found it really frustrating to watch it's nothing particular where I like some of it's egregious, but I think it just caught me in a moment where I was not 
I wouldn't have liked it anyway, but I was not in a position where I think as the movie went on, I was prepared to become endeared to it. Uh, and it showed in how I felt. And maybe that's not entirely the movie's fault, but I'm still not convinced I would have liked the movie much, even had I been slightly more receptive. Because, you know, uh, movies can't always catch you at, like, the best time to watch them. And, you know, there's certainly a lot going on um, worth screaming in agony about that isn't American Reunion. So I think there was some of that going on, long work day, and then I'm like, I, I could just sit down and watch this two-hour film uh, and then chat with some boys. Yeah. It was definitely like 10 minutes too long, right? It, minimum. Maybe 11. Yeah. I don't want to get carried away. But, you know. Also, why, is the, why do the credits take like nine minutes? The credits are too long. Take the credits away. I, oh, I didn't watch. Yeah, I mean, watch. You don't, you don't got to watch them. I, I, You're I, not going to get arrested. Yeah. I, I, credits are optional, dude. I, I didn't watch them, but like, I just noticed when the movie stopped. And there's just so many credits, and there's like a scene in the middle of the credits with Eugene Levy and uh, oh, yeah, there Jennifer is Coolidge with the popcorn bucket with the popcorn bucket. But it's funny because Bobby they're old. Down. That um, that made no, that wasn't that made me happy. I was like, oh, look at them. They yeah. found like something relatively healthy. Movies. Um, I was I was happy. I okay. Can I can I hop in here and talk about the stuff that I liked? Yeah, I totally. did like a few things. I mean, fu- I like. We may that. as well get to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we ha- we've talked about like. <sighs> All right, I got. I'm scrolling through notes here. I'll start with I liked the Jim's dad, Stifler's mom thing. That felt healthy and it felt cool. Um, I liked and that that scene at the end was funny. It was silly and unrealistic, physics wise. Because at one point his hands are just no longer on a popcorn bucket, but it's not falling over. <laughs> uh, listeners, use your imagination. Don't pay four dollars to watch this movie. Um, but I like that. I like that he that they, you know, because we've we've had three movies at this point with Jennifer Coolidge, like having an unhealthy relationship with a with a with Finch, who also, I'm sorry, fucking sucks. They're all bad. But I liked that. They're all bad, but I also like the Finch and Selena relationship. I like that once it's revealed that like Finch has been telling his friends he's lived this like super interesting life, and then it's revealed that no, he's just like a manager of Staples in Bayonne, hometown of AP Mike from the best show, and I think George R. R. Martin. I like that he came clean, and I guess Selena was like, "No, nah, we still got this," and like he finally had like this relationship. Where he could get over this fixation he had on Stifler's mom, and Selena wasn't was a good character. She was a welcome addition to things. Another voice, another female voice. She probably had the most to do out of any of the character, other than female characters, which like was good, but it was also kind of weird because we have these established characters that have shown back up that aren't in on it. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense, okay. dude. Uh, my my biggest problems with this movie are uh, the stuff you've been talking about most of the time with the female characters. It's just it's such a big cast, and after so much time, um, you're, the the film is trying to do them all service and update their stories. And I think that's why the movie is two hours long because it just wants to fit in 
you know, Kevin's talk with Vicky and you want to fit in the bits with Heather and Oz and then Jim's family. And so there, there actually is a lot going on. And so I think it's a shame that with all those characters to choose from, it really does focus on the male characters so strongly and their bromance because Michelle doesn't feel like herself. You know, when I saw this in the theater, I was so excited to see her not playing Lily from How I Met Your Mother anymore because I'd been watching that for years and I wanted to see her sure. do something else. And and it didn't feel like that. It just felt like Lily on screen just, uh, and people were calling her Michelle because she was just kind of being like the wife of a character. And that bummed me yeah. out. And, and the Heather stuff, you know, I don't think that she uh, has a lot to do. And I think when she yeah, does, like, you know, when she's lashing out at Oz's girlfriend for like just being his girlfriend is super weird. But I think the intent there is kind of cool that you're you're connecting these people who really had a strong relationship in their teenage years and uh, who aren't happy now and might want to get something else going on. Same thing with Vicky and Kevin. I like the talk that Kevin has with Vicky, just saying that oh, yeah. he loves his wife and uh, and he does. He's not going to leave her, and he's glad that they didn't have sex in a drunken stupor. Yeah. But um, and, and, and he's, he's the ultimate wife. Like, that guy. wasn't even on her mind. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so Kevin I think I think. Sucks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was just being really shitty to her and she felt rightfully offended. And I think that's cool. Yeah. And so there is some cool intent here and there is some heart. And so I liked some of that stuff. And then the stuff that I didn't like that felt bothersome, like uh, the whole Kara character, um, even though there oh, are God. a few jokes and hijinks in there that made me laugh, like Jim dropping Kara and also Jim and Stifler having to hide in a frenzy just because it's a classic trope and it's kind of fun. Like that stuff, th when it's problematic, it doesn't make me laugh, but then along the way, there's still some stuff that makes me smile. So I'm just, I'm able to cast out a lot of the bad stuff here more easily, even though it doesn't all work for me. And that does come down to the characters, Neil, like you were saying. Yeah, totally. I, the the Jim Kara storyline, I could, I wish we could throw the whole thing out. At the end, when like Jim like apologizes to her and she apologizes to him and she's like, I just wish I could find another guy who's nice like you or good like you or whatever she said. I was just thinking like, there's no evidence of that. Like this whole thing, just for the listener who hasn't watched the movie, Kara is an 18, just turn, she turns 18 in the movie and she wants to lose her virginity to Jim, who was her babysitter. Jim's like 34 at this point or something. It's bad. And it's just, it's just super creepy and weird and it feels forced and it's just put there to put Jim and his buddies at odds with these teenage boys, one of whom is Kara's boyfriend, which is why Stifler shits in the cooler and that happened i mean who it, among it, us whole, hasn't whole, shit in a cooler i have you because i haven't who Lee, among have us hasn't shit in a cooler I, I haven't shit in a cooler no recently you, or... it, was, it was right Never. after Corey got super excited after kissing a girl for the first time he just couldn't contain himself <laughs> he went into the school cafeteria shit in their drink cooler no no the dance was right in the cafeteria the, i couldn't have been there <laughs> right in the ice cream cooler <laughs> what high school did you go to that had a fucking ice cream cooler in it? Oh my, yeah, Fifty Cent Nutty Buddies. What are you talking about? What? 
It's nutty. You didn't have that. <laughs> oh man, dude, there's a lot to unpack with your fifty nutty. cent nutty buddies. What's a nutty buddy? The frozen. They're ice. They're pre-frozen ice cream cones called nutty. They have nuts on top of them. That's a drumstick. Like they call them nutty buddy. It's it's exactly like a drumstick. Okay. But it's called a nutty buddy. And it was dirt cheap and sold at your school. Yeah, back in the day. Did you trade him? Did you trade him at like? Uh, did you trade him like currency? Like, yo, bro, I'll give you two nutty no, buddies for like a, 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 I don't know. I don't have a good conversion rate, but you know. No, because ice cream melts. You can't really. You got like stock up on it. It's a quick transaction. You get the you get the nutty buddies. They'll get no. The, we just they'll get the the remote control car, and you can make this go down. <laughs> That's a bad trick for the person who gives up the remote control. A lot of nutty buddies. No, we just we seven of we them. We just play quarters. <laughs> Dude, shout out to playing quarters, the dumbest game fucking ever made. Hey, do you guys yeah, want to hurt? Couldn't. Do you guys want to hurt ourselves with money for fun? Yeah, cool, sick. Whoa, Canadian quarter sounds hardcore. Did you guys not like cut your knuckles and shit playing quarters? Probably, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. I don't we're, remember. We're getting so, so Stiffer fucks Finch's mom. He does, and uh, the MILF boys love it. He gets his, and the MILF boys reconnect, and it's a beautiful moment. <laughs> so it is a beautiful moment. I feel like we've answered the question. I tell you, I every moment, every moment John Cho was on the screen, I was in. Like I loved it. He was, he carried the movie for me. Is this an example of milkshakes bringing boys to the yard? Because they're in a field, sports field. That's basically a yard. They weren't there before. They're there now. Yes. Corey, you cracked it. Yep. You got it. There we go. I'll accept my Pulitzer what in the mail. What else do I like about this? I'll, give you, I'll buy you a nutty, buddy. Hell yeah, that seems like a fair trade. Send it in the mail. It'll, yeah. it'll last a while. Oh, so we haven't talked about Oz at all. No. Chris Ostriker. No, it's just... It was wild. <laughs> so he wasn't, he wasn't in American Wedding. He wasn't in the third movie. And I think it's because he was filming for Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li, which is a terrible movie. Who does he play in where that? Where he played Charlie... He plays Charlie Nash, which was like... Guile. Everyone knows Guile. Nobody knows Charlie Nash except us hardcore Street Fighter players. He was basically Guile's mentor. And that movie sucked. That's a good one for you guys to cover in the future. Right. It's unrelated to the first Street Fighter movie. It's a bad movie. But... But he wasn't there, so they like they make a nice comment about it. he's like, oh, I missed your wedding. I'm not going to miss our reunion. That was cool, but like when we last left off with Oz, he was he and Heather were like making it work, and they were like truly in love, and that was like the whole point in the first movie is he like gave up on his he like was like a jock who joins jazz choir and gets with this girl, but then he like ends up actually loving her, and so he confesses to her about you know he does a she's all that and confesses to her about the deal they all made, but they. He doesn't care about the deal anymore and they don't even like have sex in the first movie and we're like we believe in them and then we american pie 2 she's overseas and she's studying abroad but they make it work over the phone or they try to and then they meet up at the end and like we believe in them and they're like in love and they're best friends and that's like the real ro the real romance i feel like we should have been following the whole time or the second at least the second Mm -hmm. But then we skip a movie, and then we pick up in this one, and they're not together. And he's like a shitty sportscaster dating like a model who's just like super young and weird. And he like 
loves ecstasy and with Mario this... Lopez. Yeah, he like reconnects. Yeah, she like gets all pissed off when they break up because like she realizes he's like still into Heather after she essentially rapes him, and she's like, "I fucked Mario Lopez." Like, mm. that I didn't like. I didn't like the Mia storyline. No, it's bad. That was weird, and it it felt really out of character for the character that like for Oz for the character that we've seen from the first movie through the second, like grow into like a mature person who is not, who like understands like love and relationships. And then they just kind of overwrite all of that just to like put him back where he was in the first movie in this movie. So that's something I liked, like he and Heather work and I'm glad that the movie got them back together. I didn't like that. We had to undo that just to redo it. That felt kind of lazy to me. I don't know. It felt like a betrayal to the characters, to both of them. But yeah, I guess there was yeah. a lot of there was like a big time frame where we weren't checking in with either of them. So yeah, yeah, it's it, that's totally fair. I think um, it's just you you either go one of two ways, right? Like you break them up, which can be realistic because you know the love you have when you're out of high school and into college, as strong as it is, m- might be separated. But then when you have them reconnect here there's just there's got to be more time put on it and there's got to be more uh, conversations about it instead of just the few lines about how they broke up because she was going to medical school and they run into each other and this thing ignites again like because there's so many characters yeah. to deal with it just it feels a bit too shorthand and it feels a bit forced and like it's uh like it needed to be done for some sort of forward momentum, some dramatic momentum, whereas I think it would have right. been a bit braver and and harder, but probably more fulfilling if they had done what you're suggesting and kept them together, actually not really given them any drama and just had them be the, like a solid, solid couple that is observing all this craziness happening around them and yeah. um, cracking jokes about it. I think that would have been really fun instead of this thing where the movie seems to say 15 years out of high school, everyone is going to be unhappy and have some figuring out to do and while that's obviously true to a certain extent they're all not going to have happy endings already i think it would have been cool if they hadn't tried to make a really serious character arc for every single character because they're not able to fit that in and it ends up feeling a bit uh, hackneyed yeah like oz and heather should have been like the grounding rod for everything Mm -hmm. but yeah it just that bugged me because that was like the one like relationship that carried through the first couple and like felt super believable. I don't know. I, I'm glad they ended up back together at the end. I like, uh, you know, I like to, I'm going to do that thing. Don't edit this out. I want this in the podcast. <laughs> okay. M- Mina Suvari, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Cause I want to say Mira Sorvino every time. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> yeah. name. And I'm, and I want to be, and I want to be held accountable for that. Yeah, no, we are. <laughs> who, who, whoever manages okay. to listen to the end of this thing will hold you accountable for that. It, what? This is the best podcast ever recorded. I don't disagree, but uh, not everyone recognizes greatness in its time. There's one more thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about Stifler a little bit. Yeah, no, we should because we he's important to the movie, unfortunately. I just yeah. want to say that I think you guys are asking a lot of the uh, narrative prowess of uh, 
the movie to assume that it would do something like grounding the film with those characters. But um, in the interest of something, I don't know, my brain decided to not have a good answer to that. Stifler, the sexual harasser, pervert man. Yes. What? Uh, how do we feel about or, him? <laughs> I had an okay. So I had an early note in here. I'm scrolling, scrolling. Where is it? Ba 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 ba. Some Phil, Phil time. Come on, guys, be professional. <laughs> we have to vamp. <laughs> um, honestly, I am. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this. So I'll fill time by saying that. Uh, 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 Liam, help. You gotta help me, Liam. (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite '90s song in this movie, Corey? You don't have to like the movie to like '90s music. Closing time, because that's a banger. Nice. That was a good one. That was a good one. I got it. What's up, Neil? That was that was a banger. Was Um, it? Okay, so I have a note. This again, I'm uh, as a as the premier American Pineverse scholar. Yeah. This does reference again the other movies. Mm-hmm. I have a note here that says Stifler is the most likable character so far in this movie, and I hate that. <laughs> also, <laughs> all of his character growth from American Wedding was thrown out apparently with his. Okay, so in in American Wedding, he was a high school football coach, which oh. tracks for his character. Feels like a really bad idea for the school, but. It happened. And in that movie, he like, he was selfish. He was, he tricked them into, or he forced them into inviting him to the wedding because he was going to teach Jim how to dance for his wedding. American wedding was Jim and Michelle's wedding, Corey, since you haven't seen it. I Um, I figured that was probably what it was. At some point he like is trying to have sex with somebody's sister or cousin. I think sister. I don't remember who's. And through like a series of stupid decisions, he ends up like shutting off the power to a cooler that has all of their wedding, their um, centerpieces in it, all the flowers for the wedding. And they, they all die and everyone thinks the wedding is like ruined. But then Stifler like gets a local flower shop and works all night and works with the wedding planner and all this stuff to like save the wedding and get all the new flower arrangements made, which I thought it was cool in this movie. They reference kind of his ability to do that with the way he threw the party and the way his lacrosse friends wanted him to plan their wedding. Like, I thought that was a nice throwback to like this kind of sensitive side or like detail oriented design savvy stifler that gets buried because he's so caught up and consumed with toxic masculinity. I thought it was a, like a cool throwback to it, but they kind of ruin all of the character. Like American wedding was essentially, it was Jim and Michelle's wedding, but it was Stifler's movie. Cause it was the movie where he kind of stopped being an asshole. Finally. And then we reset to this movie and he's just a dick again and nobody likes him. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. His character didn't grow at all and was still like super homophobic and super sexist and like referring to, what was her name? The the girl Lipstein. Yeah, the bad. <clears throat> yeah, it's bad. It's he's yeah. he's the. It's like if you boiled down into a single person everything that's not great about what's going on here, <laughs> like yeah. But with 
with a handful of with a handful of like different decisions, not a ton, but a few, they could have reworked his character into someone who's like coming to terms with the fact that they've been kind of shitty not kind of shitty really shitty and like works like through all the, like I think they tried to do it at the end when they were like like all of the guys were like supporting like Finch and Stifler for not being like as super successful as apparently fucking Kevin got to be like they had a, they had the opportunity to like kind of deconstruct and like demolish some of these things and they didn't take it they tried i guess by 2012 standards they did it but by 2020 standards they didn't do enough i don't know it just it felt like there was something else that could have happened there i mean he like our introduction to him is literally him like bullying coworkers. so uh like yeah but 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 then he's bullied by his boss and then his boss keeps pushing him and then it becomes like this weird toxic masculinity versus toxic masculinity like face off between the two of them at the end where he like makes one of his boss's dick size and, and says his girlfriend's only with him for money and then it's like super shitty and like we're expected to cheer for him for standing up to his boss but yeah it's like, it's like no you did it in such an bo- awful way both of you just suck like the yeah. boss sucks for sure but like the solution is not Hey, dickhead! Your your dick sucks and your girlfriend's bad because money. Yeah, this stiffler. Yeah, like, um. But but two thousand but two thousand twelve rules that was progressive. Yeah, that was a, controversial. That survives based purely on Jersey Shore rules. Jim Jim Tan Laundry. <laughs> Is that what, yeah? That's what it was, right? Yeah. I think. I haven't uh, thought about that in a while. No, that was a fucking trip that down. Uh, th- I'm not gonna say memory lane, but uh, it's a thing I remember for sure. Oh, yeah. Right. Spoiler. Okay, not spoiler. I was about to say spoiler alert. This spoiler We've been talking for, for two fucking hours. Spoiler alert. This also has nothing to do with spoiling anything. This is just an anecdote from real life. Spoiling Neil's Spoiler alert for Neil's autobiography. Spoiler alert for my upcoming autobiography. Um, They made another one? A biography. uh, So, Corey, you know our friend uh, Kirby Kid in the Discord. Yeah, shout out to Kirby Kid. Right. Don't talk about the Discord, Neil. Liam, you need to get in there. Yeah. Too, yeah, Liam, just yeah, pay to be friends be with us. <laughs> well, all right. So he was doing a stream recently in a recording of all the friendships from Mortal Kombat 11, and I forget whose, but one of the friendships is called GTL. And oh, it's it's Kotalkans because it has to do with him like getting a tan, essentially. Yeah, the friendship move. Praise the sun. Because he gets some Liam for you, who presumably doesn't play Mortal Kombat. Liam, do you know uh, who Kotal Khan is? No. Oh, okay, so at the dawn no, of time. Go to comment. So this is the one being and then the elder gods. Yeah, right? And, Are you following? Also... Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, right. so there's Kami Doku Daggers. We don't have time so, for this. He gets to the GTL uh, friendship move where Kotokan tans because he gets power from the sun. Yeah. And it reminds me of a story years ago. My bosses had a pet bird, a green conure. It was a real asshole. Okay. And their son, you know, lives out of town. 
my is my best friend Barrett. Shout out to Barrett. I'm going to send him this episode to listen to. We'll see if he actually listens to it if he talks to me about this. Um, Barrett, this is a friendship test, and, and you might fail. Oh, he, he will. <laughs> um, so they wanted me to bird sit, and I was uh, feeling mischievous, and I was going over to their house every day to feed the bird and hang out with the bird. Because it was a free-ranged bird, it would just fly loose around their house, and it would like eat your eat food off your plate and pull the straw out of your, you know, Burger King cup, and just was just like a real dick. I got scars from this fucking bird. Prefers McDonald's. Um, he this no, he preferred KFC, which was weird, gross, and ironic. Bird, yeah. So I just they my bosses aren't particularly tech savvy. But they had Netflix streaming set up, and I felt mischievous, and I wanted to screw up their recommended list. So every time I went over there to bird sit for them, I would just play Jersey Shore on Netflix for hours, <laughs> and I would leave it playing when I wasn't there just to try to screw up their recommendations. Did it work? And I hadn't... I don't know, but it made me a Jersey Shore fan. Who's your... <laughs> So uh, it looks like the the duper got duped. Um, who's your favorite? Yeah, it backfired. Who's your favorite Jersey Shore? Uh, I think I'm gonna say Polly D, the DJ. I I guess I haven't kept up with them. Disc jo- disc jockey Paul D. He should be called Polly DJ. DJ Jazzy Paul. That's a free one. You I got a billion of them. Are we talking about anything anymore? That's not me saying the story was bad. Nope. I liked the story, but like, what's happening? Where are we? Oh, it wasn't a good story. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I, no, I liked it. it I liked it. It, 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 liked it was it. a great origin story for uh, for how these various franchises might come across your path. I feel like um, in my head, that's the way you also got into American Pie and Sex in the City is just trying to screw with your bosses <laughs> recommended and then getting roped into it. I'm going to let you live in that world. <laughs> right. uh, that's yours. You can have <laughs> <laughs> You can have that one. I got a million of them. Um, so, uh, oh. yeah. Finn also sucks. Yeah. Do until we... he doesn't suck anymore and comes clean. Do we have to unpack that one or can we just say he sucks and keep it at that? So maybe we should talk about what's good over oh, the Shermanator stuff. You guys kind of got into that already. Uh, when the podcast stuff. technically I think wasn't I think happening. The Shermanator. I said the Shermanator bit was funny, but I also just didn't understand it. I mean, I understood it because I know what the Terminator is, but um, like the movie just so, kind of does it so jarringly. Well, it was, yeah, it was a, you know, Callback. again, a carryover joke from the early movies. And it was, and like Natasha Leone's character, uh, Jessica. Yeah. Jess, Jess, as her friends call her. Yeah. She like called him out on it in the second movie. It's just. I thought it was funny. It was. It snuck up on me that he like he. he what did he name his son? Um, Furlong. Furlong. Yeah. <laughs> Furlong. Uh, this is a star of the crow for wicked prayer. If you guys want to have me back for that Pet one. Cemetery <laughs> two, as we've discussed. That yeah. Is, wow. Yeah, Pet Furlong Cemetery is, two, uh, really, really. Yeah. Um. Truly, he is. Um. I just well, I was only taken aback by the bit because um it's the only time in the movie where like something like non-diegetic happens and it just like cuts <laughs> yeah. to terminator vision and I was like what the fuck are we doing 
Um, well, that's because he, he's the Shermanator, and Sherman kind of rhymes with Terminator. That's true, and um, that's what comedy is. Exactly. You don't need a setup or a punchline. Two things can just sound the same, and that's your whole bit, and that's fine. That actor was also the star of National Lampoon's Dorm Days 2. Mm, he was. Place, which took Liam, place on a cruise ship. What do you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm, he was. Have you also. Dude, have you guys I, both seen all the fucking National Lampoon movies too? I, I love that we have a similar fascination with these movies, but for different reasons. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. You can, Corey, you can bet if I watched all the American Pie Presents movies, I've seen a good number of National Lampoon movies. I feel movies. like I walked through a portal to a fucking dimension <laughs> where I'm the only person who hasn't seen these. Also, the only person who's read all the Twilight books. Yeah, everybody gets one, and I get those weird shitty books, and you guys get American Pinea. That seems like a fair trade. And National National, National Lampoonia. Na- Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like Poonia at all. No, me neither. <laughs> I take it back. Edit, edit that out. Edit, edit that out. out. Edit that edit out, out and then edit it back in and make it longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretch, stretch make it the out. whole podcast that. Stretch it out for four hours. <laughs> <sighs> um, Do we want to escape this? I have one last... Yeah. One last. Bit, no, I encourage. I, I, I encur- no, please. We're here. When the movie, when the movie actually is ending, not the the post credit scene with Jim Jim's dad and Stifler's mom, but the last scene where the guys are at the hot dog stand, which is which I know is called Dog Ears, because it's been in all of those guys' movies, or I think it was in the third one too. There's, that's like a meeting place for like the core four of the core four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. Like that was like the one time in this movie. Where, like, in this... Sorry. Uh, I'm... <laughs> Corey, how is that different from you just saying everything sucks? <laughs> you can say something's good. No, no, I know, right. but it's funny. I'm, I'm so sorry. I only laugh because you were like, yeah. So this thing, it's in all the other movies, and it's the place where they hang out. And yeah, like that was the whole point. <laughs> no, no, no! I got another point. You cut me off with your hysterical laughing. Sorry. No, it, as, as you right. are wont to do. It was a fuck you. Liam. It was a like a, it was like it was a callback to the end of American Pie two, um, which is the only movie in the series that I think is like warrants repeated rewatches. I feel like it's the least problematic of the bunch. American American Wedding. I need to check it out again because when I watched it. A while ago, I was surprised at how much I liked it. But this, so this song comes on, and the song is called "Laid," and it's by Matt Nathanson. That's the artist. Mm-hmm. And this song is it plays at the end in American Pie Two. Also, it also plays at some point in American Wedding, and it also plays in I think all of the American Pie Presents movies. It's a song that the marching band plays in band camp. It definitely plays in Book of Love. I think it plays at certain points in the other two. It's like the theme song for the American Pie series. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's like an earworm song. I'm not going to like quote any. You'll know it if you go back and listen to it. It's a pretty good song. And it's weird to hear it like re-represented in all those movies. 
and then come back to this and have this like throwback move like moment to American Pie 2 which like I don't know I it was an it was a good moment that I liked I guess it was a weird instance of a specific thread getting carried through these like nonsense bullshit spin-off movies but then recontextualizing it as a reference to the original or the sequel to the whatever you get what I'm saying it, it was a nice moment that's like the one time in this entire movie that the nostalgia that they were aiming for like actually hit me and nice. was, I don't know it was a nice moment yeah everybody gets one and it's a pretty good song too it's a pretty good it song. is a good song yeah no I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about I like that moment as well I think it's a it's just a, it's a cool shot that they're all in this outdoor round table just talking. I like that the last line of dialogue we really hear is Stifler just he can't contain himself anymore and he tells yeah. Finch that he fucked his mom, which is funny because <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like uh, Finch having sex with Stifler's mom is by far the most quoted and iconic thing from the American Pie franchise I would say even more than Jim fucking the pie and so it's yeah. nice that, that that's what we end the whole series on um, I think it's cool that, that that song takes us into the credits I like that the credits are sort of uh, a yearbook that it has all these old yes. pictures you know because I liked I yeah. liked them flipping through the yearbook earlier in the movie just because I love yearbooks myself I think that is just uh it's that was relatable and really fun and I like that the credits take us into the present so I did feel like the movie ended on a high of being the dose of nostalgia that it was trying to be yeah I, I yeah it just it I wish it had gotten there sooner for me but you know whatever right yeah you know it, it got there for me as a someone who has been there for the whole series the other thing I also liked I, I did I already mention this when when um the Stifler's uh, friends from the the lacrosse team, the gay couple, asked him to plan his their wedding. Oh yeah, and yeah. He agrees to it. Yeah, you had mentioned that. I thought that was cool too. That was also like a throwback to his like skills in the previous movie. That I I mean, it felt a little rushed for like Stifler character growth and getting over his weird homophobia and toxic masculinity. It maybe tried to imply that the way he was acting was always just a mask and he didn't really feel that way. I don't know if I want to commit to that opinion on it, but it was it was a nice moment too. I just want to go out on mentioning a couple things I liked about this train wreck. Yes. Nice. I mean, you know, train wrecks are allowed to be likable. I'm not here to say that train wrecks yeah. can't be likable. I like all kinds of train wrecks. I don't know if I like this one, but you know, that's life sometimes. You win some, you lose some. You can't win them all. That's also totally fair. We can't always be MILF guy number two. You just can't. Well, you want to be, you really want to be MILF guy number one. But, I mean, you know, John Cho's can tend to be MILF guy number two. (laughs) Okay. I didn't realize he was credited as number two. He is. I know you said that earlier. I wasn't listening. We've been talking for so long that time and space have lost all meaning. I don't expect anybody to remember what we said at the beginning of this. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw the little note you dropped in the Discord. (laughs) Yeah, Liam, I, I took a picture of the uh, runtime so far, and I said, we're not even done yet. Strap in, folks. So uh, have we beat our previous record? Oh, by a Black fucking Christmas? landslide. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, can go. okay, Liam, good. I can finally. Liam, it's been, you know, I, Liam, I, Liam, it's been two yeah. and a half hours. 
Oh, good. I can take the gloves off. And I, ju- I just thought that would help the podcast be longer. This movie fucking sucked, dude. I hated it. Wait, wait, <laughs> no, I'm wait, totally, I'm wait. Totally, I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding, my I'm kidding. God. Strap in for another hour, boys. <laughs> <laughs> we would have had to keep going. That was a role-playing <laughs> exercise. If it that, was for my drama class, my if, acting class. If that were true, we would have had to keep going. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And was, I got to work early in true. the morning. We're adults. We have lives. I wouldn't have given a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk. I could talk about this for another like three hours. Oh yeah, but I won't. Um, we. Is there? Can we do a part two? Um, you know we we do have we do have just, our recap episode. We could have you back and talk about the first one. We could just make it about this one again if we wanted. Fuck it. Let's do it. There we go. Neil will return. You can check out that original one. Neil will return sometime and elsewhere. And we'll talk about American Pie some more. And then maybe The Crow and whatever other things he listed earlier. But if nobody... From Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. Sex in the City. Yeah, those. Sex in the City. You know the ones. Um, If nobody objects, I'd like to to bring us home. All right. That Uh, sounded like no one objecting to me. Yeah, sustained. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> um, it's not for a lack of enjoyment. Rest assured, I'm having a fucking chaotic blast. Y'all, y'all remember Jimmy Neutron? I'm having a brain blast right now. Having a brain brain blast. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. <laughs> oh, I know the. Oh, I know the one. Sometimes where this movie is Sheen peeing in the shower for two hours. Can we do Planet Sheen on this podcast? Fuck yeah, I don't even know what that do is. It. I don't want I don't want to be on it. I just want to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a reasonable response to most of what we cover on this show. Um speaking of doing a lot of episodes of this show, thank you once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite movie in the American Pinea Saga Universe Extended Series Edition. Uh, Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. And Neil, what do you want to say at the end of the show, other than giving me a moment to say thank you very much for coming on? This was fucking chaos. I Thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. I'm on Twitter, at Final Neil, but right now I'm mostly retweeting, you know, current events in my country as we protest black lives matter and trying to retreat retweet resources and things for people to check out but you know that's basically it i'm on instagram at final neil i also have an instagram page where i'm just posting my massive video game collection that's a mess of games a m e s s o f g a m e s on instagram there you go um and there's probably something in Oh, there's probably something important I'm leaving out. Social security number, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Let me hold on. It's a no. <laughs> I'm not falling for that again. Uh, oh, uh, shout out to the Mortal Podcast Discord. Yeah. Shout out and, to uh, to all our good yeah. friends. Shout out. Thanks, Liam. We love you.
Thanks, bud. Um, You're an honorary member, Liam. Yeah, you count. Thanks, guys. Everyone knows who you are. People listen. You, you I get it. Well, hey, I've got, I've got some Mortal Kombat knowledge. Listen, I, uh, I used to rent the 2005 video game from my video store a lot. I can't uh, Armageddon or something. Arma- hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah, dude. I, can't I believe- loved that game. I thought that was so cool. I can't believe we're, we've chosen the outro to start talking about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you yeah, know I've, I've, I've played the normal fighting game like quite a few times and there was uh We're doing I, this? I definitely had some favorite characters i mean i like baraka i like scorpion baraka. i like i like the freeze man mr freeze what was that dude's the, name Sub-Zero? yeah no it's mr freeze that's no Sub-Zero. <laughs> <Mr>. freeze. <laughs> yeah, Wait, Sub-Zero. liam liam which yeah. sub-zero oh yeah uh, well i guess it would have to be whichever one is in uh armageddon uh, that would be the second Sub Zero, yeah. so you're you're good to go. Yeah, that's my guy. Now, Liam, what do you think his name is? Shot in the dark. What he's got like a, a name other than Sub Zero? Yeah, like a person name. Yeah. Oh, born Sub Zero. What do you? Come on. Are you telling me everyone in the Mortal Kombat universe has like a name on a birth certificate? Uh, a yeah, lot of Sonya Blade's do. name is Sonya Blade. Yeah. Holy shit! All right. And then I'm Sub-Zero's gonna guess his name, name is. is uh, Jedediah Dutch. No, but that's really good. He nailed it. Nope. Oh, wait, he nailed it. That's <laughs> you're, it. You're right. I forgot that the first one was called Jedediah Dutch, and then it was Jedediah Dutch. Yeah. Mm. It's it's Jedediah Dutch. He's a uh, Mennonite. He's a Mennonite. Uh, <laughs> Put cryomancer. <laughs> Dude, Mennonite cryomancer is my rap name. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, it's actually uh, depending on who you ask, it's either Bihan or Kwai Lang. Kwai Lang is Sub Zero number two. Yeah, maybe. the the one that you know and love. And then Reptile is there, and his okay. name is Reptile. Um. Anyway, yeah, but, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what are we doing? Liam, Liam, Liam's yeah. playing Armageddon. Yeah. Right, Liam's. You you play that conquest mode. Yes. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> team, Team Taven. Right. I, was, I knew uh, you were gonna do this. I don't remember enough to answer that question, but if that's, I I can do some research and tell you. Liam, just say no, yes. Taven's the guy you play as. Oh shit! Well, yeah, hell yeah, I loved that dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you're gonna come on my podcast. It's called Talking Taven. Yeah, I would love to. All right, let's do it. Um, cool. All right, we'll um, we'll set it up after this. Corey wants to go to bed. I got I got to work in the morning. That's all. I'm. Not, it's not because I'm not having a good time. I'm having a fucking blast. But uh, I uh, you can find hashtag me on, Team Taven. Hashtag Team Taven. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Corey Price. Hashtag Team Taven. And um, all jokes aside, hashtag Justice for Grum. Hashtag Justice for Grum. And all jokes aside. I also want to echo a bit of Neil's sentiment where I'm retweeting and tweeting a lot about um, resources that are available for people looking to help with what's going on with Black Lives Matter, uh, places you can donate, resources you can use. That's something you should be taking very seriously. Be aware of. Listen to people that are telling you what the fuck is happening. Keep your eyes open. Be diligent and just listen if you were in a position to not do anything else. And that's what we want you to do if you listen to this show is make an honest effort to make things better. That's all we got. And that's a thing that's a lot bigger than dumb, stupid movies. But if we can use whatever 
platform we have to encourage people to donate or get involved that is uh important even if it's preceded by a bunch of dumb jokes and shit so uh we'd encourage you guys to uh to do that and on the podcast account you can find a link to uh the minnesota freedom fund but there's all sorts of other places that are maybe not as flush with cash right now if you're looking around so uh yeah things are bad but things can be done to make it better both of my instagram accounts the links in my bio link to donation places or lists of places to donate so check those out do what you can absolutely this is important and uh thank you for listening to all our dumb idiot jokes for two and a half hours we we appreciate you doing that and uh, we hope that if you're going through some stuff right now because of that or because of anything else that's going on pandemic or otherwise that this helps out i know i got real serious here right at the end but it's important so we're gonna have to deal with that and um we hope you come back and, um, for more we hope you come back next week and we want to thank everybody again for listening to another there. episode they made another one and that's it the podcast is over now Cool. Holy shit. So did I like <laughs> Did I fuck up your whole format? No, that was did, fucking awesome.